I think we can all agree that at the end of a long and historic combat sports career, all fighters deserve to go out in style. The best case scenario being a final matchup perhaps more focused on providing something fun and entertaining rather than another ruthless contender looking to take their head off and absorb their powers. The only problem is not all MMA promotions share this opinion and unfortunately there have been a number of retirement fights that quickly turned into slaughters, forever tarnishing the legacies of legendary fighters and leaving them beaten down worse in their final fight than in almost any performance of their career. And before the video, just a quick reminder to like and subscribe. We recently noticed only a few of you are getting notifications, so make sure to click the bell and turn those on. I'm Bailey in from MMA On Point, and we're going to take a look at those today in the 10 most mismatched retirements. Number 10. Matt Hughes vs. Josh Koscheck. In what truly was a battle between generational collegiate wrestling talent and a fight that would mark the end of the former welterweight champion Matt Hughes' career, the Draco Malfoy of the 170 division Josh Koscheck met the country boy at UFC 135 for some grappling action, or so we believed. Koscheck told media that Matt had been dodging him for some time and that he was stronger, faster and a better fighter. Why are you running? Why are you running? And although he hadn't really shown that in his previous performance against GSP for the title, there were many doubts heading into a matchup about Hughes' ability to still compete at the highest level. Now five years since he last held a title, with several violent losses coming in that time. Hughes walked out accompanied by his coaches and colleagues from throughout his career, including Jens Pulver, Pat Militich, Robbie Lawler, Jeremy Horn, and Tony Fricklin, among others who were all there to see Matt's final dance. Things started off okay, if by okay you mean two wrestlers standing in front of each other determined to test their boxing skills resulting in both trading single jabs as booze slowly started to rain down from the audience. Thought this would happen. As soon as things hit the mat, however, it became clear Hughes had zero defense against the dominant top game of Josh, who walked through his guard and battered Matt into unconsciousness. Definitely a hard one to watch at the time after such a long and successful career. Number 9. Frank Shamrock vs Nick Diaz at one point in time, Frank Shamrock could have been the GOAT. I mean, the man was undefeated in the UFC at 5-0, but vacated his title and left all as a part of a 10-year unbeaten streak that included fastest submission in UFC light heavyweight history and fastest KO in strike force history, both titles he holds to this day. Granted, there were a lot of grey areas where he missed years of competition and technically retired on several occasions, but as the Strikeforce promotion was getting started, he remained active, taking part in several headlining shows in his hometown of San Jose, even winning the inaugural belt. But after suffering a broken arm in his first defense and subsequent loss to Kung Lee, he sat out for a year before returning once more to the Strikeforce cage to fight Nick Diaz. Nick, on the other hand, was making his Strikeforce debut and main eventing his first of four shows with the promotion. Within seconds of the contest starting, Nick was already asking Frank what you got as he engulfed him with constant pressure throughout the round and slowly sucked the life out of him, continuing to talk more trash than a pissed off B-Rabbit. Wait, someone get his ass another steroid! By the midpoint of the second round, it was clear Frank's time at the top was over. Shamrock floundered like an unevolved Gyarados against the cage and Nick went to the body and ended the fight. He had looked like a shadow of his old self and subsequently retired as a legend of the sport. Number 8. Gina Carano vs Chris Cyborg well, despite what you might think of Miss Cara Dune, aka Angel Dust, aka Gina Carano and her recent cancelling, at one point in time she was 7-0 in her MMA career with wins in World Extreme Fighting, Strikeforce and Elite XC against a lot of the best women's MMA had to offer, bar one person of course, social media. No, 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 I mean the time-traveling robot of destruction sent to end her career, take all the media attention she created for women's MMA and take part in a violent charge to bring it into mainstream culture. Chris mother 
Captain Cyborg. The odds makers had it even going into the contest, but after a minute of frantic scrambles and with the unrelenting efficiency that only her robotic limbs can provide, Chris brought forth the very fires of Mount Doom in an unending calamity of punishment that only increased as the round went on, making us all wonder how good that American Gladiator outfit and those incoming movie offers felt. At the end of all things, and after another failed throw from Gina, Cyborg mounted her and as well as her clothes, boots, and motorcycle took her very soul with her into oblivion, landing ground and pound that would make anyone on Earth reconsider their career choices. Number 7. Johnny Hendrix vs. Paulo Costa I think for those of us that witnessed it, we were all surprised when the career of Johnny Hendrix started to fall apart the way it did. Unless you were USADA, of course. Or maybe Mike Dolce after he opted to stop working with him following his title loss to Robbie Lawler. Or maybe you're one of those MMA fans that thinks USADA arriving and Mike Dolce leaving also go hand in hand. Regardless, from a guy who took George St. Pierre to the closest decision he has ever fought, a fight that many thought he won, to four losses in his last five fights, three of which he failed to make weight, even after moving up to 185 pounds, it was what it was. He had been a true force of nature whilst at the top, but now it looked like Johnny Hendricks' career had run its course. Time to start teaching dodgeball to average Joes on the weekend. But of course he deserved at least one more fight to go out with a bang and give the sport a proper farewell. And as surprised as I had been to see his career seemingly disintegrate before our eyes, nothing could compare to the shock I felt when it was announced his next opponent would be undefeated Brazilian marauder Paulo Costa, a man who had obliterated his only two opponents in the UFC without breaking a sweat and somehow impossibly made middleweight whilst Johnny's prime had only been contested at welter. The first words out of Joe Rogan's mouth when the contest started, they look like they're set separated by two weight classes. But despite Costa's constant pressure, Johnny survived the first round. However, eventually when one of the sledgehammers Paolo calls fists made contact, and that's when it was followed by 20 or so more of its friends, Johnny showed tremendous heart trying to stay in the fight, but this one was almost over before it began. But then again, fighting men smaller than himself seems to be a common thing for Costa after his jump up to 205 against Vittori. Yeah, we absolutely tell you where to fight when this happens, yeah. He's going to have to fight at 205. I'm ready to come back to 185. This is my, my division. I promise you it's not. Maybe he'll be put in there with Ngannou for a taste of his own medicine. Number six, Randy Couture versus Lyoto Machida. As one of the most decorated combat sports athletes to ever grace an octagon, when Randy Couture made another return to UFC competition, it was to no one's surprise. And when he said he wanted a shot at Lyoto Machida so he could try and solve the puzzle he presented, we all kind of got it. But as Lyoto himself put it, Randy was the start of his road back to the title, something that he had held less than a year ago, and he had scored a slew of KOs to get there. But perhaps it was the comedic delivery and fallout of the Goldberg-patented Machida era that gave fans hope that the natural could get it done. In reality and of course also hindsight, Lyoto would go on to continue a great career, featuring two more UFC title shots and become an even more dangerous fighter than he was that night at UFC 129. A 15-year age gap existed between the two men, and although we've seen Randy flip the bird to Kronos and get the job done anyway several times over, I have to admit it definitely caught up with him in this one. The always effective grinder Couture did the opposite of what we thought he meant by solve the puzzle, and spent the first round going strike for strike at distance with the dragon, occasionally attempting a clinch, but the urgency to secure it just wasn't enough as he remained patient. By the second round, he had found his timing, and as soon as Randy's feet stood still, he executed a crane kick straight out of the Miyagi-Do dojo and flatlined Couture. Randy really showed no achievable way of enacting his game plan, and it took the dragon just six minutes to put an end to Randy's historic career. Number 5. Chris Lieben vs. Uriah Hall 
The Crippler really has been there, done that, and bought the t-shirt of MMA. From the first season of The Ultimate Fighter to multiple post-fight bonuses and 22 battles in the octagon, but like any athlete, eight years in the UFC began to take its toll. With three straight losses, it looked like the end was coming near for Levin, and for a man who creates fun fights, we all expected an appropriate matchup to perhaps see out the rest of his UFC tenure. What he got instead was a young and up-and-coming contender looking to prove himself. Uriah Hall was fresh off The Ultimate Fighter, a show he was predicted to win but ended up dropping a split decision to Kelvin Gastelum in the finale. A couple of months later, he was again on the losing end of a split decision against John Doomsday Howard, and so the second coming of Anderson Silva, as we were promised, looked to be slipping away. The two men met at UFC 168, and from the get-go, it was pretty clear it was a mismatch. Lieben refused to halt his relentless march towards his own inevitable destruction as his face started to bloody under the flurry of Uriah's jabs he was eating. And as the first round was coming to a close, Uriah timed his lurching entry one more time He's beginning to believe. And nailed him with a piston right hand, swarming on him with ground and pound. Lieben had had about enough, and from a man who has on occasion shown more heart and determination in fights than most of the current roster combined, when he said he was done, he meant it. He retired both in and out of the octagon after the first round, but would return to combat sports to compete in bare-knuckle boxing. Number 4. Cain Velasquez vs. Francis Ngannou Still disputed by some to be the heavyweight GOAT, at least while at sea level, Cain Velasquez's career was met with as much surge and energy as he displays in his endless gas tank in his contests. But after numerous injuries had prevented him from competing, we suddenly looked at the clock and we were four years away from when he last held the title. Fans still excitedly discussed the return of the Cain of old, but in our hearts some of us knew, after a torn meniscus in his knee and bone spurs in his back, those days were more than likely long gone. Still, the UFC were determined to give him another shot to realign himself in the title picture, and that meant beating the future heavyweight King Francis Ngannou a man who had suffered two losses in the octagon, including a performance against champion Stipe Miocic, who had leaned on Francis, using his wrestling and clinch work to tire him out. That seemed an achievable path to victory for Kane, and as such, fans rallied behind him in support. Unfortunately, the reality was that his body was simply not up to the task. The opening seconds saw him bouncing around, moving extremely well despite his injuries, but the second they locked up, Ngannou completely overpowered him, connected on a right hand in the clinch that subsequently buckled Kane's knee, and the predatorial ground and pound followed up to put an end to his career. His achievements and period of dominance will be remembered, but this was a task far beyond his skill set. Number 3. Rashad Evans vs. Anthony Smith as undoubtedly talented a mind and martial artist as Rashad Evans is, he just couldn't seem to put things together towards the end of his career. After losing the belt to rival John Jones, Sugar found only two more victories in the octagon across the next six years, as age and injury started to catch up with him, and it seemed like the door was about to close on his career. After two failed attempts and two decision losses at middleweight, a weight class Rashad physically looked phenomenal at, it seemed he would never find his winning form again. But as one career ends, another begins, and a man who would go on to expand his own by starching other former years. UFC champions was just getting started in a new weight class in the UFC, Lionheart Anthony Smith. Although Evans had clearly slowed down, his losses hadn't been overly dramatic. He'd not been able to initiate much offense, but he wasn't exactly getting KO'd every fight either, apart from what Glover did, of course. Sadly, though, sometimes that can be a wake-up call in itself. As soon as the contest began, it was clear Rashad no longer had the tools to compete with an athlete such as Smith, who controlled him with ease in the clinch before framing for a knee and putting an end to the show and violently Evans's career. Rashad would go on to do media and television coverage for the sport. Anthony carried the momentum of that win to go on and KO'd. Shogun before challenging John Jones for the title. Mismatch for Evans, perfect for Anthony. Number 2. Mark Kerr vs. King Mo 
Much like the fabled Casanova, Mark's tail was also known as a smashing machine. Although, of course, in a completely different sense. Yeah, baby! The first three years of his career saw him go 12-0 as he hulked his way through the best heavyweights MMA had to offer. But after his inner demons and battles with medication began to take over his life, he would go on to win only three of his next 12 bouts. For most, it was hard to witness such a fall, and after turning 40 and losing by stoppage four times in 2008, he signed to fight now sport icon Mohamed Lawal, aka King Mo, who was 28 years old and 4-0 at the time. They met at M1 Global Breakthrough, with even the commentators noting that this was Kerr's last roll of the dice, coming in as a plus 600 underdog. Unfortunately for Mark, rolling the dice would imply that there is an element of chance in which he might pull off the impossible. In reality, the fight was sadly over before it began. Mo shot a single leg in about 10 seconds of the fight beginning, picked up Mark, dumped him on his head, and immediately beat him into unconsciousness like he'd been shut in an elevator with Ryan Gosling. What well, a legend Mark Kerr was in his meteoric rise through the world of mixed martial arts, and he battled right up to the end of his career despite all the adversity he'd faced. This was one hell of a mismatch, though. Number 1. Ronda Rousey vs. Amanda Nunes yeah, you could pretty much see this one coming, not only because of the total one-sided beatdown that took place, but to quote the great Luke Thomas, the promotional malpractice in its lead-up. Amanda Nunes now held the women's bantamweight title. She blasted Misha Tate, who choked Holly Holm, who head-kicked Ronda, and she was set to make her return to reclaim her title and her throne as baddest woman on the planet. At least that's what the UFC promotion wanted you to believe. Joe Rogan himself spoke openly about this on his podcast, describing the promotion as being lopsided. We really hadn't seen it go. 100% heavy towards the superstar. Suggesting the fact WME had little experience promoting something without a predetermined outcome led to them throwing the spotlight only on Ronda. Which they did it me. the way they would do a movie. Yes, they did it the way they would promote a TV show. Even claiming that several executives believed she was about to wipe out Nunes. One of them didn't know Nunes's name, and they were calling her cannon fodder. But come fight night, it was a completely different story. With all the savagery of the beast from which she gets her name, she assaulted Ronda, stopping her in just 48 seconds. It was a complete shutout as she Kenny powers her way to a perfect game. And she was in as the new face of women's MMA. For Amanda, it was exactly what she needed as she would go on to have historic success remaining undefeated across the next five years. Rousey retired in a complete mismatch. The sport had moved on without her, but she certainly helped pave the way. A big shout out to Luke Taylor for editing this video. You can find him and some of his amazing artwork on Twitter at cool2me underscore. Shout out to Ben Rosette and the excellent music he provided during the intro video. His music can be found on streaming platforms everywhere. There is a link in the description and follow him at Ben Rosette on Instagram and on Twitter. Thanks so much for watching today, guys. Remember to like and subscribe. I'll see you in the next one.